We see in the gospel according to Luke uh, chapter 2 verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into the heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And there they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the Christmas story as it's traditionally told. And... Uh, this is the Christmas story as it's traditionally told. And um, it's an absolute shame because it's not the whole story. Today I want to talk to you just for a moment. I just want to bring to your attention, are we truly seeing the full Christmas story? We tell all about Jesus as a needy infant. And we never finish telling the story to see Him complete as the necessary Savior so church, why isn't the curtain pulled back on this story to reveal why Christ truly came? There's two reasons normally. People do not fully understand the story or people are ignorant of the full story. But before we can throw back this barrier of tradition, before we can understand more about Christ's purpose, we must understand who Christ is. I love whenever we go out to the store, and I've done this several times, and I'm sure many of you will relate to this. But have you ever walked up to someone in Walmart or somewhere out and about, you know, and, and you think you see somebody that you know, and uh, you call out their name and you're, you already started greeting them, and they turn around and that's not exactly the person that you was expecting to turn around. You see, sometimes you can think you know someone when you really don't. Amen. Who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is God the Father. He is God the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, God's Son, is co-equal, co-existent, and co-eternal with His Father, God, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Co-equal means He possesses all attributes of the Father and of the Comforter. He's completely equal with God and the Holy Spirit. Co-existent means He holds the same existence as God and the Holy Spirit, infinitely. 
And if we look at co-eternal, it means the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Spirit is everlasting and outside the boundaries of time. Jesus Christ is the central part of this account. This is who Jesus is. The Savior of the world. This is who Mary was holding in her human hands. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The one who would later die on a cross. And he was the creator of the seas and rivers. Yet he said, I thirst. This is exactly why the wise man came to this virgin birth. This is exactly why God ordained it for this certain time. You see, Jesus Christ is the God-man. He's 100% God and 100% man. And he was born of a virgin. So many people think of this as such a weird part of this story. They don't see how it fits. But the story makes no sense without it. If Jesus was not born the way he was, from a pure woman, not of man, not of man's seed, but God's. Could Jesus be who he presently is? No, he couldn't. You see, the way it works, the way sin is passed down, is Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And that seed was passed of sin down to generation to generation. Jesus came and he said, I have to have a perfect vessel to be in. So therefore, it had to be God's seed, not man's seed, that entered into the womb of Mary. The Word of God says in Galatians 4, 1-7, through 7, I'll have you turn over there with me real quickly. New Testament, a couple chapters over. Galatians 4, 1-7. through 7. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Notice that. I want you to underline that phrase, time appointed of the Father. Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ." We see Jesus' birth was ordained to be this way since the beginning. And this is just the beginning of the full Christmas story. Because Jesus' life has three parts. And I would encourage you on this Christmas, tell your family. Many of us have lost family members. I want you to raise your hand if you know of someone in your family who's lost or out of the will of God. Raise your hands. The hands across the entire building. What if this is the answer to showing them Jesus? Why don't we not stop at Jesus' birth? And why don't we tell the complete story? I said earlier, Jesus Christ's life has three parts. We have His birth, which we know far too much about. We have His death, burial. And then we have His resurrection. The Bible says the Word of God in Galatians 4 says that it was ordained of God for him to be born in this time in this way. It was ordained of God whenever 33 years later he'd be dying on a cross for our sins. It was ordained of God that three days after that he would be rose again. He would become our Savior. I want you to also turn back to Luke 2 with me. You're still there? Luke chapter 2. And I want you to focus on verse number 7. Verse number 7 is pretty amazing. It sums up the entire story. 
And a lot of times, um, I think whenever we're telling our family members, we think, oh, we've got to flip to all these different passages of Scripture. Scripture oftentimes outlines itself whenever we're preaching or teaching it. And this is one of those verses that's just truly amazing. It says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Here we see the other two pieces of the story. We see his death pictured in the swaddling clothes. If you don't know, swaddling clothes are death linens. It's what they wrap people in whenever they were going to die or they've already died. And that's all that they had in this inn. What an amazing circumstance. No, it was God. He knew that there would only be swaddling clothes in that inn. So he turned them away from all the other places. They were brought to that inn by that divine time. The fullness of the time had come. The time appointed of the Father. They had seen there was only swaddling clothes. And I'm sure the baby was cold that night. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes. The second part. And laid him in a manger. Because there was no room. This represents his burial and his empty tomb. Whenever the Bible says that there's no room for them in the end, that was no mistake. Jesus was not of this world. Jesus was never going to stay in this world. It was temporary. And this verse pictures for us an empty tomb by them laying him in a manger. It was obviously not a bed. It was a feeding trough for animals. We see there was no room for them in the end because he was not going to stay. He came to die and resurrect himself for us. With prayer and preparation, your family just may come to Christ this year. But you can't just tell about the birth of Christ. We do a terrible injustice to the God, to the God and to the Word of God whenever we separate the cradle from the cross. Do not let tradition triumph over truth this year in your house. There are so many opportunities that we have to share the gospel with people. And one of those opportunities could be this Christmas. We all raised our hands saying that we have family members and we have friends that are lost. They're going to die and go to hell. Maybe possibly in the service today, you don't know Jesus Christ. And I hate to tell you, but you're going to die and go to hell without Jesus. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says that. If the Bible says that's Jesus or God talking, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only truth to believe in. He's the only life to live. Allow the whole story to be told at your house this year. If you bow your heads real quickly, I just want to ask one, one quick question. Bow your heads, close your eyes. There in your seat. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19 it says, Quench not the Spirit. As you have your head bowed and your eyes closed, and we will have the pianist join us real quick. God's only going to keep knocking for so long on your heart's door. God's only going to give you so many opportunities to witness to your family. And it's going to be gone. The opportunity is going to cease to be existent. Do not quench the Spirit. God has given us the whole Christmas story. Are we going to accept it? Maybe you say, Preacher, I already did that. That's wonderful. 
Are we going to live like it? Are we going to tell others about Jesus Christ? The Bible says you have to be a witness unto me before you can be a witness for me. Being a witness unto God means that we are saved. We are eternally secure in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that He's going to take us to heaven. How many more Christmases is it going to take for you to get concerned about your lost family? There's two different responses to this story. There's the believer's response and the unbeliever's response. to go to hell and tonight if you've already done that and I pray that you have it's such a blessed life let's start living like Jesus is the king of our lives we talked about today the three wise men what an example they were they sook after Christ and they surrendered everything do not quench the spirit tonight as he's working in your heart Dear God, help us to accept you and your will. Dear Jesus, help us to tell your full story from now on. Pastor. Tonight, do you know Jesus? Your Lord and Savior. Everyone stand, please.